Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, it's, uh, it's great to be here and uh, lovely to be joined by uh, Kim Adele again and James, James uh, Owen Roberts, who uh, is a Paralympic athlete. And, uh, yeah, he's going to share some uh, some of his amazing uh, motivational stuff with us, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it should be, uh, should be quite, quite interesting because I've interviewed James before and uh, he's got masses of value to add. So you're, you're a transformational coach now, I believe, James, as well. Yeah, that's correct, mate. Super, super. So uh, would you like to sort of tell people um, a little bit about uh, your story, like what, what sort of happened and, and, and how you kind of moved beyond the pain to, to, you know, manage your mindset, really, I would call it? Well, a lot of people don't know on this show in particular won't know that I'm born with a disability because you can't see it because it's underneath the table. Um, so for me... I know everybody will call it adverse or adversity. Uh, I don't, because I was born with a disability, I don't know any difference. So I've been probably fortunate. I won't say it was luck, but put in a position where my family were very strong minded anyway. Um, you could put that in a different term of it. It's very stubborn. So it was a case of, well, James is in this position. It's only later on probably in the last year or so that I've probed it a bit more and asked, well, how was it like for you? Cause I pretty much hit the ground running because of the positivity of, well, we know he's got a disability, but we're not going to hold that back. And every, every, every opportunity that was put in my way, we'll go for it. Um, so I probed probably because of lockdown to kind of say, well, what was it like for my mom in particular, my grandmother? And my mum said it was pretty hard for her because not knowing people to ask or obviously there's the stereotypes of, we're told 35 years ago, of people probably look down on, on you in certain ways of a warning stream of my mum was said, well, what, what did you do to him? I don't know how I would have responded back then, but I was horrified. And then something that I asked my mum about for my grandmother and she never portrayed this ever in, in, in all the years I knew her. She was very morbid of, well, what's James going to do? How is he going to survive? Is he going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life? She never, she never portrayed that to me. So I shared that with a Facebook Live in the last year and it brought people to tears. It's like, I've only found about this about five minutes ago. So for me, it's, it's like a, it's, it's no big deal because I didn't know anything. It's not had any uh, any effect on me negatively. It possibly would have done because ultimately that's very negative to think. But it shows that kind of generation that she was in. It's stiff upper lip and we won't tell anything to anybody. And pretty much... That's probably where I get my stubbornness from. So people say no to me. I say, why? How <laughs> <laughs> come? I will ask a question because you'll, you'll give me a problem. I'll give you a solution. And if you don't like it, the, or the answer I give, which is sometimes problematic for, for them more than me, and I've looked to get better at that so I can be able to communicate in a way that the person receive it and not take anything malice from what i've said it's not me having a go at you it just may be the truth sometimes obviously everybody knows the truth hurts yeah yeah but i mean for, for your for your grandma it must have been it must have been out of love that she made sure that she only ever shared with you the positives um even though inside she might have been fearful 
um, that you know life might not be as, as easy because I think with, when it, we have our children you just want you just want life to be easy for them don't you? you want to be able to take away any pain any hurt any any obstacles I mean I'm I'm definitely an over-the-top biased mother that would love to wrap my little girl in um, bubble wrap and cotton wool and then a protective suit um, but I realize you can't do that and you've got to you know you've got to give them the opportunity to become who they're supposed to become and, and we learn sometimes through hardship don't we but it's hard to watch that so for her to have had all of that but made sure that she only ever shared with you the positives must have been her way of trying to really help you build your resilience do you think that's a great question i never thought i never looked at it from that perspective um possibly i can't ask her that now because she's not she's been gone 20 years but probably because my family was willing to go well beyond comfort levels for some people of it's thanks to my mother that I had my sporting career because she was willing to go well at the time it made me very uncomfortable but willing to go to great lengths to be able to put me in a position to be successful in sport so she went when we was when I was a spectator uh, at the Manchester 2002 Commonwealth Games of going down when the session had finished, go down to the bottom of the grandstand and shout over the top, is there anybody there from the Welsh delegation? I was mortified. <laughs> and that's being, that's being generous. Uh, but she, she's, she said after that, when I've, I've, I've asked about it, she didn't want to go back and face my grandmother having not done you know, all that she could to put me in a position to be successful. I had to do the work after that. But I rem- I remember fondly of that because it, it probably stems from two generations of my family to put me on that f- that that path to greatness, and then obviously it's up to me to then put hundred percent effort into what I do. So I disagree with a lot of people when they kind of dip their toe in. It's like, well, you're either going to be hundred percent in or you're hundred percent out. I'll respect you for the hundred percent out because it's owning up to I've got a problem but I'm okay with it or you 100% want to change but I think probably because as a society of I'll call it Amazon approach of click now and, and pretty much have it tomorrow every aspect of of people's lives now are pretty like that it's like well I want instant success and it doesn't work like that. My my athletic career is ten years in that environment, but it's probably I don't know five six years of cultivation before that to make that a reality. And I've actually had to show up every single day because you don't think about it, but in, in probably on the subconscious level, you could be dropped any minute. Yeah, and they, I, I read somewhere that, um, and it was a, a big sporting coach that you know he he said it's not around um, going until you get it right; it's about going until you can't get it wrong, and that kind of almost never happens. So you have to keep going back; you have to keep showing up every time you make a tiny mistake. You've got to go back and try and rectify it. And I guess it's it's that dogged determination, isn't it, of going. Even on the days I don't want to show up, I'm going to show up. <laughs> so, um, because actually I need to. That's going to be how I progress. Well, I think I think on reflection, that's an advantage that an athlete's got mm-hmm. because they're able to analyse things daily. Doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, and you can go obviously learn from that. But if you look at business or wider society. If you say business, it might be every quarter, every quarter, every six months, every nine months, maybe every year. Uh, every year, you look at and you analyze what is particularly going wrong in most cases. But whereas society is placed, you might look at it at New Year's and maybe your birthday, and that's about it. So the 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 people, generally speaking, some people might analyze it a bit more than that aren't able to to look at it in depth because they haven't got as many touch points to look on. Whereas I had, 
I glossed over it a lot at the time because it was a process that will have to do it, as you say, Kim Adele, of it doesn't matter if I like it or I loathe, or I loathe it, I still have to do it. But I think on reflection now that I've retired, we were able to do that daily and probably in some sports you're training two to, two to three times a day as well yeah. and then being able to analyze a little bit more and then you have a massive support network around you of coaches and, and your peers to be able to say, well, am I doing this right? Uh, could I do it slightly differently? Whereas from personal experience in business, I like to do things sometimes. I don't do it as much now, but in the early days of I know best, I didn't have a support network in sport. So thus I must do it all by myself. And then when the shit hits the fan, I've only got myself to blame. So I've looked to have other people around me to, to mentor, to guide, and then obviously say, well, James, maybe your attention is better placed somewhere else or you need to focus primarily on this or you need to, if you're going to invest for argument's sake in um, writing or co-authoring a book, what is going to suffer as a result? Are you willing to do that? Um, which obviously I've gone away and done and I actually enjoyed the process of uh, going back through, through my own life of uh, contributing to the book. And then it's helped me to actually pull my finger out because loads of people said, well, when are you going to write your own book? So that is a manuscript on my computer at the moment. So I just need to put it a little bit more structured to it. But it served a purpose for somebody to say to me, well, you've got two choices. You can either go right and concentrate on that, but something else within your business is going to suffer at the same time. Are you willing to do that? Obviously, it took a probably, well, we're still talking about at least a month before I made a decision because I, I was sitting on the fence with it. It's like, well, I want to do this, but I don't also want to compromise other aspects of the business. But eventually I've kind of said, well, I might as well. It's only a draft, and they can still say, "Well, you need to sharpen it a bit more. It's not as potent or as powerful as it could be, which is fine." Um, I've done it, and I've done it two weeks in advance, so I'll take that as a positive. So it's quite a cathartic uh, experience writing a book. I mean, interestingly enough, we're all in the same place with our books. Kim is further ahead than you and me. Yeah, like by quite a long way, I think. My book's a bit short, so I probably need to write another 8,000, right? But it's a cathartic process, right, of like going through that and, and going back over your life and saying, well, at this point, that was like a massive turning point. And like, yes, it was hard and it was really tough at the time, but like something inside you just made, it just made you just carry on and you, and you did it right. So can you think of any particular time when that was like really bad, James, when you like, maybe you fell out of your chair like 50 times in a day or like, is there any particular day which you think back on that would just, just killed you really in your mind or, or what? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, it comes back to my earlier point I said to you before we went live of, you know, you can't please everybody. And obviously you're going to have your, you're going to have people that are very loyal to you and, and the people that det- detest you. And obviously to, to come back to your question that you asked me, it's probably more, more recently, probably in the last five years, that that's been, the, been quite a sombering point of, and that's why mental health, be it, in the UK, I think it's like a week, and in the US, it's a month. I still don't think it's long enough. But because I've suffered with mental health probably multiple times, but in terms of it being pretty much it smacked me in the face because I wasn't listening, because everything else, my body was giving me signs of being ter- like turmoil. I was completely, I was ignoring, I was like, well, I'm stressed. Okay, no big deal. Um, I'm not sleeping very well. Oh, no big deal. I can still cope. And it was one day at work uh, when I was working in in secondary education as a TA, I had a massive um, panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. So I, I I didn't know what was happening. 
Uh, and the stories I was told after the fact when I went back to work were horrific. It's like, oh, your eyes roll back in your head. It's like, well, I don't know. So it was pretty, pretty. And I was still on edge after when I went back, but I was seeked help to see uh, occupational health therapy with my, my surgery. And uh, our headmaster asked, oh, do you want to go see somebody for the council as well? like yeah okay because you're offering i'll take it and it was to give me more support because if somebody said to me well we want you to do this i could turn around and say well remember this issue this kind of goes against that it was kind of my scapegoat to kind of say well i can't do it and this is the reason why and people would kind of back off but that day was it was like really bad because I think um, colleagues were said, "Oh, your head like bounced off the table." Mm. I don't remember like that. I I remember my head going towards the table, and I was like, "But I felt my head was pounding, uh, temperature like I was really really sweating. I couldn't control my temperature. So I went, one minute it would be really really hot, and the next minute I had the chills, and I threw up. And this, I think before that, they said, "Oh, do you want an ambulance?" I was like. Yes, please, because I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't feel like I've never felt like this in my life. Mm-hmm. But it must for, for for now. For now, on reflection, it was a really, really bad panic attack, and pretty much my body kind of said, "Well, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit stop now because you're not you're not listening to all the warning signs." So we'll make. I got, got a good question. Um, so. Is that a part of your life that you that you really were not enjoying because you weren't actually enjoying your career and 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 that and that perhaps maybe contributed to that stress and then and then that's what happened, do you think? I think it was the final straw, if I'm honest, because it was like being pushed off a cliff. Uh of I bl- I blamed the job at the time for gosh probably like a good year after is oh i only had a panic attack and was very very anxious and and stressed because of the job it's like well that's not true i chose to and people would be surprised to hear this from me now when i work in heavily in health now my diet was in the toilet uh i wasn't exercising i couldn't be asked by the time it came half past three to, to go anywhere near a gym or any form of exercise because I was just I was physically and mentally drained as like I can't be asked. It's the last yeah. thing. I was exercising a little bit, but it'd be like once a week uh doing wheelchair basketball and that was about it. And that was my solace a little bit to to get over the being maybe have a bad day at work and then be able to be in my happy place. Um and I blamed it, but it was it was manifestation of like years and years of uh, of sweeping things under the carpet of of what I did in sport. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll deal with that when I retire. And this was probably something that was minuscule at the time, it was ginormous by the time it came. What was it? Be about two thousand eighteen. So we've been about three years ago now, but it was enormous and. It was not pleasant to deal with, but I think one of the counselors said, what do you want to do? Do you want to be able to be able to deal with the day-to-day grind of working in a school, or do you want to go work towards the future? It's like, I want to work towards the future because for me it was, and I've even said it on my website, it was to pay the bills uh, because yeah. family said, well, your business isn't working, so you need to ultimately have... Uh, food in your stomach and a roof over your head so I succumbed to a little bit and one of the things should have been a red flag to me in the in the beginning was oh it's going to be the best time of your life I thought to myself well I've already had mine <laughs> I've already had mine this is not gonna this is not this is kind of going down the wrong way I'm not saying it was all bad there was some some good experiences in those two years but for the majority of it unless I seek people out on social media and kind of probe people and I'm, I'm maybe prod I'm not going to get sworn at I'm not going to be 
called any names under the sun. Whereas in that environment, well, I'll say it's deemed acceptable to a teenager to speak to an adult with complete disregard to them as a human being. Whereas I think once I regained my confidence before I left, I think one of, I think it would been a year 10, said to me, oh, sir, I don't think your sporting career is a success. Oh. And I and I did in an instant be able to be able to give a response. I was like, well, I can't say something totally condescending as that maybe to you know, be an adult, an adult because an adult might be able to take that tongue in cheek. So I just said to him, well, just come back to me when you've made a national team. I know that's highly unlikely due to where we live, um, and I didn't know this till to the Welsh elections. It's like at the moment, this count the the constituency is the most deprived in all of Wales, and I didn't know that. Um, so, the likelihood of that pupil, well, now I'd be finished school, of making it to the elite level of sport is non-existent. So, I didn't want to to tear him a new one, but I did want to put him in play. It's Pierce did laugh at him, but it's like, well, you're not going to speak to me like that because I don't talk no. to myself like that. It's disgraceful. Disgraceful. But I remember, it's very interesting because I just met you just after you had left, I think, or you were just transitioning. And that's when we talked and you seem so much more relaxed. I can actually, I actually just... You just seem like a different guy. You were quite uptight still, I think. And it probably caused you trauma. Like, I would want to work in that environment. Awful. <laughs> well, it, it took some harsh words from my dad, who who, who did do counselling as a, as a job for oof, nearly a decade in the end. And he kind of said, well, you need to be two people. One person outside of the school and one person inside it. But they don't. I don't think they. They give you all the education to do, you know, to do with laws and to be like compliant. But they don't prepare a lot of people to for the emotional distress or the emotional thing. Because I'm quite an emotional person. Um, some people are. Quite, I'm quite logical, but I get emotionally triggered. Depending on what it is, if you, we don't see eye to eye. It took somebody. Somebody else is similar to me. But earlier in the journey with their business, it's like, well, that is me. That's I didn't say, I didn't pipe up and say it, but this is me. But you're, I'm further along than you. But he was getting emotionally triggered by somebody not pulling in the same direction. And this was actually today, uh, coach was saying, of you can't make a take a horse, make uh, was it so you can't take a horse to water and make it drink it ultimately he was trying to hit this horse and it's like well why aren't you behaving what i'm hitting you why aren't you cut you going in the direction i want and what he was kind of shown to was like well you're talking about mindset but the person might be ready because they say well i want to change that might be their way of their understanding of of mindset and mindfulness ultimate minds but massively different from as you said, Nate, the person I am tonight to the person you spoke to two, three years ago to the person I was when I was in sport because mindfulness and psychology and all these things, I would kind of say, well, mm, you only go see a psychologist if there's something wrong. I would probably dis- disagree now as well. You, 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 look at Brit- you look at British Cycling, they were the first professional team to look at psychology for those marginal gains. And pretty much every sports ball of suit now, and it's a probably multi-million dollar industry now of trying to get the best out of you know corporates uh, of athletes and the like. Yes, most people kind of go to changing things when it's rock bottom. I I did, but that's probably because, in a way. It goes back to the early days of you know the stubbornness within my family. It's like, well, it's this has always worked for me this way. I can't do it a different way, but I was willing when one or all else failed of when I was up at the bottom. I can't go any lower, 
so why why don't we give these recommendations a shot? So I think what I was recommended to do, obviously go back to exercise, uh, to try yoga or Pilates. Oh, yeah, I remember you were Yoga was a bit too too far. So I was like, well, I've done Pilates as as an athlete. Let's see what the the gym aspect of Pilates is like. And and I, I went religiously, I think in the end for nine months, then stopped again. Uh, and then went back and I was talking to the instructor before the first lockdown and it'd been like a year since I'd been and she was a bit surprised it's like yeah um but with a lot of things I think when it's better or it's fixed uh it's all rosy again and and, and it's 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 never is it's, it's always an a work in progress and, and I think this pandemic has proven that to me as now you can't just put it down because it's easy at the moment it's if you haven't actually resolved what the problem was in most cases for a lot of things I hadn't because the the first lockdown I was very distraught of losing sport and then I think I've got be comfortable with it and was open to it. I had to get medication in the end this time because everything holistically had gone so I kind of went well I've got no choice for the safety of everybody that's living with me I need to accept this as a reality and then I've made massive strides uh, in progress and I was like well you don't miss sport you miss the people and that's all that I've missed. And we go back to training for the first time, I think 15 months tomorrow. So I don't know how that's going to be for emotions. Physically, I'm very apprehensive because I don't know what we're doing. So that it, it scares me from that perspective as, well, there's certain rules that the club's got to follow by guidelines of going back. So... Uh, sharing equipment is not allowed, so be it a team sport and a ball. So, like, well, okay, we won't be playing any any sort of matches or anything like that. I hope it's not all physical because that's going to be hot, that's going to be brutal. But we've got to start somewhere, and that's probably the only thing I couldn't replicate during the last 15 months is high intensity. Uh, cardio is is pretty it's pretty hard at home to replicate something for disability without being quite high impact. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also very I'm not scared, but because I I I've probably encountered everything that I ever could, but I don't particularly want to be massively sick, which could be a possibility. Yeah. I guess there is there is a real balance at the minute, isn't there? People being you know, looking forward to the fact that we're starting to see an end, hopefully, that light at the end of the tunnel, but also a bit of an apprehension. You know, I, we went um, into London t- um, today with work for the first time in months and, and months and actually chatting to, to people. Um, there was that real there was that real balance of getting excited about the fact we're allowed out or actually we're allowed in <laughs> we're allowed to actually go and not sit in the rain um but there was also that apprehension that was like what actually is the new norm going to be like and is you know am I going to be ready for it am I going to be able to um to to keep the things that we've enjoyed doing in the last 15 months because I think it's taught us um the things we appreciate perhaps a little bit more because you've not had them <laughs> so they got they got taken you know got they got taken away didn't they so so actually you suddenly realize how much you do rely on something that you might have perhaps taken a little bit more for granted before would that does that resonate i think with me definitely because i've always had health and wellness oh gosh probably since i did it like a walk so it's always been in part of, part of my of my life, so it been I won't say taken away, but put to one side, and it's not been my choice. 
I was probably like that kid in the prime. It's like, I'm going to throw my toys out because I, I can't get my way. And for me, it was difficult because I, I had to self-isolate at the very beginning because I'd had a, a new cough. So the guidelines back then was, well, you've got to isolate. So I managed to persuade the person I was speaking to. I've already said inside for seven days. So that's, it's only a week, but being told you can't leave the, well, I'll call it a compound, but your house for seven days. And I can hear the, my house backs onto an Aldi and you can meet people going about their, their, their normal lives. That was, I won't say soul destroying, but it wasn't an ideal thing for me because I was kind of spiraling. If I was being able to probably contemplate and, and take it into perspective of having a real conversation as I did in a couple of months later of my, my mom said, well, your normal, your normality has not changed. It was, I was doing pretty much oh, similar sort of things pre-COVID to what I was doing during lockdown. I was like, yeah, you got a valid point, but I didn't see it that way because I pretty much put the blinkers on and it was, I, it was every little ounce of pain that I was feeling. I was internalizing a lot more. So it was like, oh, I'm only the only one that's feeling like this. So I talk of it nowadays of and this is more uh, a saying that's been told to me look at things from a perspective of thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. which i pretty much with everything now of take a backwards seat and kind of look at it in the bigger picture as opposed to probably the days of sport where you are in the trenches um but i'm still so conditioned to that that I kind of get engrossed into all. Oh, I want to. I need to go into the battle. I need to. Um, I've not been too bad of recently. I've, I've probably surprised myself because one conversation I'd had, I think all my peers said, "Why you got the gloves on?" And I was proven right, but at the time I, did, I, I looked at their perspective. Okay, we'll take it from your approach. Maybe it is. Maybe probably maybe too confrontational at first that conversation I was right so I was right to put the gloves on but I've taken stock of that conversation for other things in the of probably more in the present of I don't need to always come out swinging and things like that of uh you know I don't have to make the sale I don't always have to approach that person as being the next client that just have a conversation and ultimately if they like you, that's a good start. If they don't, okay, that's fine. We go, I'm a come, we go our separate ways versus trying to, what did my coach call it? Trying to get everybody onto the rostrum. It's like, I'm not trying to do that. And I don't know how that feels for myself because I do it very often. But in terms of the, the, the perspective that it gives you and come back to your question, Kim Adele of of focusing solely on what you don't have, I probably started to appreciate things that I took for granted. So walking became a, a, a steady thing of the family. So my birthday last year, the, the most exciting thing of it was probably having a birthday cake and going outside the house, and that was about it. And I was grateful for that because it's like, well, few months before that you couldn't leave the house so it's like okay uh this year was a little bit slightly different and somebody asked me oh you haven't really done much on your birthday this year and it was only it was last week tomorrow i was like well it's a massive step forward of in wales this time last year we could only go five miles and i went probably like 10, 15 miles in every, in both directions. <laughs> so I, I took stock yes. of it because I couldn't do that last year. So I've done a lot more this year. And my normality pre-COVID was, wow, well, I probably didn't enjoy, well, I would say I didn't enjoy my birthday. I would have either been training or competing. And that was the norm. That was the norm. So probably in a career, maybe two birthdays, that didn't happen. Yeah. So in 20 odd years, so I just came accustomed of it, of we're going to spend it with teammates 
And to give some people some context, uh, well, it's a long time ago now, but it's nearly 15 years ago. I forgot it was my 21st. Wow. <laughs> competing on that day. I completely, it was because I was that nervous of the competition and, and t- to deliver on the day, I completely forgot it was my birthday. And it wasn't until a teammate said happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, it's my birthday. I completely forgot. <laughs> it's pretty much a, a monumental occasion. For your twenty first, but that shows the dedication, the passion. I would say an obsession towards the sport because it's taken over every ounce of of being towards that result. And we won that that day, so it worked out. And I was that stressed; I couldn't eat food. So the birthday was was probably way down the list of imp- of um, priorities. No, but it, it shows kind of where, you know, what, what we focus on is that it allows us to overcome all kinds of things, isn't it? Things that we don't think that we would be, you know, if somebody told you that you were going to not be able to remember it was your birthday because you were so dedicated to the sport before it happened, you probably would have thought that they were crazy people. But then having lived through it, you realise actually, no, all your focus went on to the sport, to the thing that was important to you. Um, and you can kind of, I guess almost find that inner strength, can't you, to get through challenges, to get through things that you would otherwise not think you you would be able to tackle. Well, I probably face more adversity than a lot of people. I'm not mm-hmm. saying my, my life is more adverse than anybody else, but it it probably grounds me to a certain extent of you've managed to achieve more than most in 35 years. Yeah. And it's probably more the British side of me that's too humble. Of, oh, it's no big deal. It's it's just it just it just happened overnight. Of it, it took somebody externally to say, "Well, what have you achieved?" And I actually wrote it down. I was actually flabbergasted. It's like two page document. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, you have done you have done quite a lot." Because, but because I lived and breathed it. And coming back to the point of the book, you you do forget the importance of the magnitude it's going to have on somebody else. It's like, well, it's no big deal for me because I was willing to, I don't like the word sacrifice, but other people will call it sacrifice. It was just something I wanted to do. It was, I was willing to pretty much bury myself every single day just to have the opportunity so for some people that is wet somewhat uncomfortable to to extremely barbaric um but for me it was like okay i gotta do it uh i don't know any different so the insert the aspect of uh being able to compete at the highest level it didn't scare me because like well i don't know i don't know any difference so what's there to be scared of? Whereas I think with the last two years, because it's been, well, we didn't know anything about it. Whereas sport, I've got I've got history and I can go look and find out about what other people have done and, and ask people questions. Whereas with, with this, because it was a, a, a complete anomaly and it was very negative in terms of it was like, very very a pop i can't say the word a pop a i call it doomsday because i can't get the word out but in terms of it it was like of it being pretty much it was from one extreme being only in asia oh no big deal when it got to europe it was a problem and then when it was on our shores it was a massive problem so it probably comes back to that preparedness and I think my family is probably very good at it it's very pessimistic it looks at the worst case scenario I think some people say it's a realist Um, yes I'm I'm optimistic I'm not always doom and gloom but we look at contingency plans as okay if plan A was to not work out should you not have a plan B or C and D and, and gurus obviously 
go against that of you need to put all your eggs in one basket. It's like, well, right. what happens if that doesn't work and the person so, isn't prepared? So what would you say to some to people if they're like going through challenging times right now? Like what, what would you say to them, uh, James? Honestly? Hmm. Well, it's leaning into that that problem, isn't it? Because it's not going away, and I did it myself. It's like, oh, this problem, arm's length. Yeah, I want to keep you away. If I don't, I don't believe that you exist. You don't. You're not there. But obviously, that doesn't serve anybody because it's not going anywhere. The anxiety is going to build up more and more, and ultimately, you're going to be more and more fearful of it so it's it's dealing at, as best as you can with with that ad, that that adversity problem as you can obviously having support and people around you will help because you can kind of say well mm, I, I've lent into that too much how do I pull myself out of the the problem so for me if I use myself of probably having the solution uh, of we'll go back a couple of months. One of my clients asked if you hadn't have gone on the medication, what would have happened? So I had to deal with that problem. It's like, okay, till you brought it up, it wasn't even in my, even inside. I wasn't even thinking about it. So now I have to deal with it because I've got to come up with a solution to a problem that I'd never thought to even encounter because I didn't want to even go to that space of what a, what if have I hadn't gone on, but it was pretty horrific. But in terms of, well, it's been presented to me. Now I need to obviously overcome it. So it took a while to deal with it, but it's like, cheers. I didn't really want, I didn't really want to contemplate having to deal with that, but now I have to deal with it. And I was honest with all my, my clients of this is what I'm going through. This is my way to, to deal with mental health and pretty much we were on probably similar trajectories and journeys uh, back in March last year. And I've kind of gone, been the leader that you needed to be and kind of, well, you follow me. Uh, One or two have fallen by the wayside um, through their own personal experiences. and, And I've obviously became a better communicator to say, well, you keep saying you're having an issue with this. Why? And then they were honest with me. It's like, oh, it's been a problem since I was working with you, but I wasn't able to. I don't know what I can't remember. This. I think this, they felt they were going to be judged. I'm not going to judge you for having a, a problem with your your back or something like that. I can't judge because I on my worst day, that will be the same for me. So for me, it was a few harsh words with some, some individuals to kind of say, well, if we treat it like a marathon, I can't be in the leader's pack and then keep coming back because that's not logical. Um, I get that you don't want to ascend your Mount Everest because it's difficult, but I'm going to continue to continue up, up the path. And they've stayed loyal to me on, on the periphery. So, I can't fault them for their for their what would I even call that? It's not dedication, but their their resilience. See to 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 keep going, even, even despite a setback. But I obviously created something that because of them, because with nutrition, or well, I call it diet for everybody. Else, I call it nutrition because we're based on my my background of they couldn't get they couldn't. I won't say regurgitate because that's disgusting, but they couldn't take on the information that I was given because it was kind of going straight over there. It's like too complicated. So like, okay. So maybe I got, I got to treat you like a child. So I've got to go back to the basics and I've created a product of, of, of that, of, of giving what my industry doesn't like of, of, of they'll poo poo recipe books and meal plans uh, and I had a discussion with my coach. It's like, well, why can't I be the next Jamie Oliver, 
or no, you whatever. Can. So I did it, and I think one of the first people to kind of say, "Well, don't do it," was family. But this was the American <laughs> version of it. Of if it's going to put you at a loss, don't do it. So I stuck, stuck. I didn't stuck to my guns. I listened for a little bit, and then I just persevered because I just asked, "Well, what do I do?" My coaches just be honest. So I just said, "Well, this is my problem." Stupidly, I can say that now because it's months ago. I did do my homework of looking how much it was going to cost to ship all these books, and I think it ended up like five hundred quid. So it was a lot to stomach for the business. It's like you can agree that I can't stomach that as a small company. Are you guys willing to to? fit the bill individually for your book so it gets to you and I think I had one person who wanted a refund and I was shocked I was pretty much my jaw was on the floor uh, of the the responses and that was a concept no. that was a concept no. it wasn't even a physical product um, and I think my dad asked me after Christmas because he'd heard about it through my aunt in the US oh what's this book that you've got I just turned around and says the one you said I shouldn't do <laughs> <laughs> so i did it it's more it's, it's, it's actually more profitable of the two just because of the the aspect of the, sh- the shipping because the book costs more because of the shipping but i was was willing regardless to kind of go well let's do it i've got i've got them i've got the the funds to do it and and it's not the most profitable but it was one of those things of early days, no care in the world. It's like, okay, somebody's given me the idea. Let me run with it. I'm not going to look at any of the problems that could derail me until I got there. And obviously that was a massive derailer and, and the coaches would be honest. I can't use that excuse ever again, but... Uh, of to people say, well, I, I, I've, I've never, cr- I've never created a physical book, uh, physical product, sorry, and then sent it to another part of the globe. People probably could obviously write it in an, uh, on the internet and go, oh, James, that's not true anymore. So I wouldn't ever try, try and uh, of, of doing that as an excuse. Right. I think it it works through how you um, constantly learn, isn't it? So. You know, every opportunity that comes along is an opportunity for us to learn something. We'll learn something that went well and we'll learn something that didn't go quite so well and we're not going to do that next time, hopefully. We might make a brand new and exciting mistake, but hopefully not repeat the one we just we just did because that's how we grow, isn't it? That's how we develop. Oh, I don't do that mistake anymore. I've, I've looked. So, so <laughs> the company, somebody come say from somewhere it's not gone, I'll, I'll, I'll look on Royal Mail or... Uh, part one of the parcel companies and say, well, it's going to be approximately this. Yeah, up to you if you want if you want yeah. to go ahead ahead with it. Yeah, but I think we all make mistakes, right? And uh, you know, I think it's got legs. I think it's a great idea. Everyone's like, you got to eat your protein powder and you need to mix it with milk, and it's just like, look, no one wants that. Uh, no one wants protein powder, like. They're sick of the taste of it. They want to eat good food, right? Like, it, it, it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. I think it's great. You should go for it, yeah? Definitely. Well, that'd be probably the next one. Uh, <laughs> we go to supplement it. Because, uh, well, I was talking to uh, a company about it. It's like, well, why don't you like nutrition as as a part, part of, your, of your business, James? It's like I don't get it. I don't like it because it's too. It's, it's for me. It's not boring. I I use the term boring during the meeting, but it's not sexy for me. It's not. It's 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 the. I've hated it since the day I I, I turned professional. It's uh, and those were the days of long before apps. It was pencil pencil and paper, uh, and I think I was asked at the time. Oh, you need to write down everything you eat and drink. Then, no, I was just honest with the nutritionist. Like, I'm not doing that. That's the last thing I want to do when it's uh, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. Is write down and weigh everything I eat before I eat it. I want to get 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 home from training, eat it, go to sleep, and then repeat my day. And then, I've never had any 
qualms about that because I'm coming with to an individual logic with logical answer. I've come up with my solution, and it was the same with with uh, dehydration uh, before London because uh, we had two choices because we had a P test in the morning and then a P test after training to just see how dehydrated you were uh, when you got up and then after training. Um, I was massively dehydrated in the morning. And they said, well, what do you want to do about it, James? And I was logical. I was like, well, we've got two choices here because it was, and I'm not plugging the, it was a power rate. So you could input Lucas Ed if you want to with that, with this story. I can either drink this thing that's highly sugar, not sleep very well, and impact my sleep, or I don't drink it, I sleep better, and I'm dehydrated. And they're like, yeah, which which do you want to do? I'd rather be dehydrated than sleep. And there's and and that was because I was able to. It probably shows going to university as well. I could give give a definitive answer and, and be able to back it up. They're like, if you were willing to deal with the those setbacks of I need to drink more during the day to, to make sure it's not a problem. And that's very trial and error. Um, I was willing to do that. So that's worked out of, I think coming back to both your points of learning from, it's not really a mistake, but pretty much life experiences. But it's, it's that constant, it's that constant um, checking, isn't it? And then just tweaking because Often, I think we, we worry that the change has got to be massive and very often is only a very small change we need to make to take something from being a disaster to being something that goes well. But we've just got to keep looking at, OK, what, what could I learn from this and, and what might I be able to do slightly differently that's just going to turn the needle? And you clearly that's something that you do as part of your approach to life oh. is to... Well, I've had to tone it. I've had to tone it back a little bit because I was too, too analytical. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of told, "Well, you're overanalyzing." It was at point. It was almost. It was very much an upset. It was. It was almost an addiction. Of <laughs> and the person said, "Well, how do you how do you solve that?" So this was happened to be with like technology, um, with you know tracking your sleep, how much you walk. I haven't touched one of the the, the watches I've got. It's been the uncharged for probably a year. I, I kind of went the extreme the other way. It's like the only way I'm not going to be over over analytical is I don't do it at all and I don't look at it under a microscope so i don't look at i won't say i don't look at any metrics because that's not true i don't look at any metrics where as they're concerned to me um i obviously look at metrics to, to, to my clients just to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing and uh any way that i can obviously resolve a a problem before it is arisen and kind of say well this may come a problem what do you need support with? Because it's instead of kind of pointing the fingers as, well, I see that you've got a problem, and what did you do to cause it? I'll kind of I'll I'll look at well, what what can we do to resolve it? Okay, so if you were when you when you have face a brand new challenge, or when your clients face a brand new challenge, what what would be the steps that you would recommend people go through? Mm, well, that's why I look at it as an individual approach. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to look at them individually. So a gen generic approach, um, well, I won't probe somebody that, that's obviously not willing to go there. It's, it's, I only go as far as the other individual is willing to go. So, I've had things as saying, or oh, you're, you're, what was the best one I've had? Uh, it's like I'm in an interrogation. And then they asked me things that were nothing to do with business. Like, well, if you say mine's interrogation, what are you doing to me then? But obviously I never put, caused that as a problem. So in terms of like the overall, 
solution for depends how big the problem is that's the that's, it's, it's not an easy question to be able to answer so depending on if i give the the scenarios if it's like a small thing of i don't know they want to lose five to ten pounds well that can be done in three months it, it's mm. it's not it's probably reverting the the years and years of being manipulated by the marketplace yeah of kind of saying well no you don't have to do it with this diet that diet um pretty much the, li- the list is endless in terms i'm not going to input anyone but any diet that you can think of you can input in there in terms of it's being restrictive yeah. i can educate you and you can lose it you can lose weight and, and actually enjoy it and eat what you want to do and obviously not having to uh sacrifice uh, birthdays meals out special occasions and you actually enjoy life and then it's not a diet and it's a lifestyle so that'd be like point one but that would be across the board of if your your journey is three months versus i don't know what's the longest i've had somebody over a year on my books of educating them the exact same way but i have longer to do it so well i what my coach calls indoctrinated, I call it brainwashing. So uh, of pretty much getting them to think like me, um, but I do it slow. I do it slowly versus maybe somebody that's doing it for the short term. I haven't got as long, so I won't try and manipulate them to kind of uh, think like me. I had one client that's no longer with me. That was the first conversation I had with them of, and that's actually a piece of content. I want to be just like you. Like no, I don't want, particularly want to you. I don't want another human being, the other side of the globe or anywhere in the world for that matter to be exactly like me because that's creepy. Um, <laughs> but the point I got, I guess that they were making of they like the the, the mindset that I have mm-hmm. of I'm willing to take on amongst it every challenge, but most challenges that I see bearing fruit, I will take on. I'm not will. I'm not apprehensive because of having had a lot of that opportunity to, to, to be in those positions of rock bottom to I'll say on the mountaintop in my view of success. Uh, so I've, I've lived it and breathed it of every aspect of the journey in between. So why don't you just give me the opportunity to, not solve your problem, but help you with the problems of we'll work together to be able to enable you to, to improve your, 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 your diet, to pr- improve your view towards exercise. This doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't come up a lot, but in terms of some people obviously think of exercise is torture. What I did was torture. Well, yeah, we didn't want to do it, but <laughs> in terms of doing just exercise for 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 movements, like that's not torture. It's not. Nobody's putting a gun to your head. It's just finding a form of movement that you enjoy. So it could be dancing, it could be walking, it could be going to the gym. It could be the list is endless. Oh, and then obviously the one, the big one of them all is mindset. But I've gone full circle with it because I've gone from kind of going from one perspective of all this to do sitting in the corner humming to himself to it's probably more important than both of them combined of, and and I've asked people on on social media, which do you think is more important to, to, towards your goal? Is it the diet? Is it the exercise or is it the mindset? Some people are lazy and they put all three. It's like, that's not the question I asked. I said, which is the most important? You have to pick one. Some people don't like when I question them on that. That's like, if you had to pick one, pick one. And it's like, well, I can't choose. But I'm telling you to pick one. And then obviously it's a, it's a debate. And that's one, it's one of those good things with social media. Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> 
<laughs> James, you've been so, so generous with your time and and I really appreciate it. And, you know, so if people want to get a hold of you, they want to like lose weight, they want to get fitter, change their mindset around these kind of things, they can find you. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of drop a link in the in the show notes. When we've edited, uh, edited this down and put it on the YouTube and stuff. So thank you. It's uh, it's been super. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, it's been a real delight, James. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>